0: Thank you for joining Webby Babuki. This suitcase feels so personal as you'll hear in my conversation with two amazing, beautiful, inspiring women. They are my auntie Vicky and friend and inspiring mum Pranil, Pamela Njima. On Instagram, her business handle is Our Kids Trove, so please check her out. We share our very personal stories of motherhood, defining owning your identity as it shifts and changes through the different stages. This poem is produced in honour of all those who have fled or left their homes and countries to provide a better future for their children. With this poem and this conversation, I honour and salute you. Enjoy and do share. Hello and thank you for joining Webby by Bookie. Today I've got two exciting guests to discuss the theme of motherhood and identity. I say guests but they're more like family. Um, joining us from London is Pamela and well I'll leave her to tell you her story and I've got my very own aunt, auntie Vicky even joining us from Cardiff and um, again really interesting journey and in a different stage of life. So the theme um, of the poem is sacrifice and the woman's identity, really. Um, so if you can say hello, Auntie Vicky, I'll start with you. Hello. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> okay. Um, my very first question is to you. And I and we discussed this when we, we had our very first conversation. And I was saying to you that I had a theory that um, when we're young, we're given a sense of what a woman's identity, you know, especially from a cultural perspective, what it should be as women, wives, mothers. And then you get married, you get a bit older, and you start discovering that, um, uh, maybe accepting some of it, rejecting some of it. And then in this, you know, in the stage of life that you are with your children, you um, my expectation is that maybe you shed some of those sort of preconceived ideas and have re recreated a new sense of womanhood for yourself. I'm, you know, inferring. Tell like us your story. What kind of mother you imagined you would be? What kind of woman you imagined you would be? And how the women in your life, maybe it's mothers or sisters or aunts, influenced that image and perception of your future self.
1: Ah. Uh. Okay, yeah, growing up, um, I grew up in, a, in a, a home where my mom wasn't there much. So I thought to myself, okay, hey, when I grow up, I think I'm going to have, I'll, I'll make sure that I have a family that I can, you know, my children can see me more often. Mm-hmm. I'll be there for them, you know, when they, not that she wasn't there for, for us. She was looking after mm-hmm. us because she, I, um, my dad passed away when I was even a little girl and I didn't even know my dad. So my mom had a lot of responsibilities and we were six girls. It was a big family. She had to, you know, fend for us, provide for the family. So she was working really hard. So my sisters were looking after me, uh, after us, you know. My older sisters were look after the younger ones and will go to school and all that, come back. But that wasn't ideal for me. And I had this dream that I was going to have, you know, more stable family at home. That, you know, my children, I'll be, you know, part of their life, be there when they want me and all that. But that was a dream. Yeah. <laughs> because now when it, when I got married, I think I found myself doing the same thing that my mom did. Mm. Because I suddenly, you know, uh, started a career, you know, and um, I, have the, have my, I had my children. They, uh, you know, at the early years, I was in work. I was, new, you know, Nigeria with the bank work then. You leave home very early, until late. That was my life. The mm. early years, I think the first five years of marriage was like that. And um, luckily for me, uh, I had, um, my mother-in-law was with me. So it was easier in that sense because, you know, I had a reliable person at mm. home while I do my, you know, I don't see my children until, properly until the weekend. Because mm. I'm out of the house by 4 a.m. Just like what my mom was doing, what they did.
0: Let me just pause you there. Yeah. Let me just pause you, there, Auntie, and then we'll come back. <laughs> we'll come that. back to that phase that of your life. Um, Pamela. Bye. um <laughs> hi, oh, hi. You know, Pamela's for me, I'm I'm really intrigued by um the journey that you've taken because um well you can tell your own story, but we met in Bible college and we got married um the same year. And um Pamela went off to China straightly after she got married and has raised her children in this really different way that I know that from you know most Nigerians I would say Um, and I just I just think your story needs to be heard really so Pamela how did your own childhood or you know the women in your life influence the choices that you have made now with the kind of mother that you are or intend to be
2: Hmm. I mean, I just always wanted to be, just be there for my ch- children. I was always like, even before oh, I had children, long before I had children, I was conscious of the fact that my childhood is so is so short and the uh, foundational years are, like, there's a short window. Um, there's actually mm. a, a famous saying, um, it's like, give me a child until I'm seven and I will give you the man. So almost to say that what happens in those foundational years, they often, to a large extent, dictate the type of person um, that that child grows up to be. So I just always Mm. like had this dream that I just wanted to, yeah, just be present for them, and be the ones that are like sowing into them, yeah, from a young age. Um, So yeah, that was has been my heart for a long time.
0: So you you homeschool your children, and. Why did you why did you make that choice? I mean, is that part of the, the um, wanting to be there for them? Because I, I see that as another like extra yes. step of being there, you know, like why? Why did you decide to homeschool your children? And um, yeah, would you do it differently now that you're doing it?
2: Like, when we moved to China, um, there were a lot of, like, expats or um, foreigners living abroad. And we were, um, I had the um, privilege of meeting a lot of, like, homeschooling families and just meeting their children. Um, and some of the children were, like, you know, teenagers. And just speaking to them and just being quite, like, um, just captivated by just how, you know, well, well put together they were, so to speak, and often there's this like stereotype of that like, teenagers that you know they grunt at you and they are you know the other um, stereotypes we other teenagers, but they were just always like just so engaged and um, you know um, they could hold a conversation with you and just like polite and yeah, I was drawn to that and then just um, observing some homeschooling families and speaking to the parents and the children, it just gave me um, it kind of opened my eyes to the possibility. Because like growing up in England, I didn't know anyone who was homeschooled. It's not really a thing. Or it wasn't when I was growing up. So um yeah, I didn't even know it was possible. It, like, it never crossed my mind. But yeah, once I came face to face with it, I was like, yeah, I want this. I want this. I want I want to homeschool my children.
0: So this is really interesting yeah. because it, it takes me straight into the theme of like sacrifice and And women and motherhood, and just to give you like a bit of background, and my mother is a single mother. My father passed away when I was very young. I think I was thirteen, and my mother raised us. um, And you hear from Vicky's story about coming to the UK. It's not too dissimilar from that story coming to the UK. And she had a whole life, a whole career, a whole kind of, you know, dream and you know, vision for her future. And for us, for a better life and other reasons, she decided to make this, you know, transition, this, this choice in the place where, you know, everybody's facing their own life and starting all over again, really. And there's just that expectation that women, this is what women do, this is what mothers do, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's part of the contract that you sign. The things that women mothers do on a daily basis that is almost like a, they're dying of themselves, to give you know to give to their families. Mm-hmm. And I just want to take that up with Auntie Vicky. Um if you felt the sacrifice, if you would sacrifice sacrifice
1: Yeah, um sacrifice was in different forms and shapes. And uh for me, uh okay at the time it, it took me a, a while to make up my mind to come over to the UK actually. Because um I wait you know the, the, the place I was working in Nigeria was like, you know, very good place to work. I was already on mm. the the middle management um, bit at the time. I was just trying, mm. you know, getting back, you know, place where I said, okay, my career was picking up. But at mm. the time, my husband had to come here for for um, study to study here in the UK it was sponsored. sponsored, sponsored to come here is a uh, medical doctor and um, mm. he was here for the first full, first full year and then the second year was starting and he asked yeah, I wanted us to come over and you know a, we've, I've applied you know to come and do a uh, uh, master's myself uh, mm. while he was here so that master I had to defy it like you know two years, because I couldn't just, I didn't want to drop everything and just get up and go. But I know that doing that will be, you know, something, it was a major decision to take for me. In the end, I you know, I agreed, it's a family thing, we agreed to come over here, join him, and then I started school there. But that means abandoning everything, everything, and starting all over here. That, for me, was a major sacrifice for me. And then um, when we decided that we will stay, it was because we will stay because of the children. That's it. That's mm. so that they can, you know, have a better life. We we had this future for them that we thought, okay, here mm. in the UK, the opportunities are here. Mm. So that's where the journey started. And there, at that time, we asked, we planned to be here together. But you know, things happened, and my husband had to go back. So. Oh. I, you know, that was where I thought, oh my goodness, this is it now. So <laughs> it was like I, I, it was a big thing for me at the time because I thought, oh my goodness, I thought we were gonna be here, you know, do it together and all that. But he had to go, and I understood why he had to go back. Mm. So I just, you know, picked up myself and I thought, yeah, this is it. Mm. But you know, the point is that that it was still in my mind that oh. My mates were there. My mates in Nigeria I knew how they were going and then progressing in their careers. I actually mm. because I didn't want to know and I didn't want to talk to people. I cut off. I cut off mm. from them and I just thought, look, this is my life now and my children. And while I was there in the career beat in Nigeria, I didn't have time for my children much. But now I had mm-hmm. the time for them. I was the center of their lives. The way I'm the center of my life. And although my husband comes here, we they see him now and then, but he wasn't full-time here. So we were both, like, bouncing on each other if, as strong as they were then. You know, it was mm-hmm. me, them, and then we. we um, I knew that this is it. So we've got to carry on. We've got to do this together. So that was, for mm-hmm. me, the career beat was a sacrifice for me. And then the people, mm-hmm. my friends, my family, you know, it wasn't the same. but You know, because it's the new life. I didn't have anyone in but just us here i started you know we had to settle i started making friends from from the school gate when mm. i go for school runs and then i got started getting closer with me and my with the children they're getting closer and we talk i realized that they had to you know this is it now i have to you know we have to come together then god i, I focus more on god we i i teach them about god the things i wasn't doing in nigeria Although it was like, um, the career bill was like a big deal for me then. Then when I realized I wasn't. So that's the thing. When I say sacrifice comes in, in different forms of shape, mm. then it looked like I, I've lost something. But I didn't, I've gained yeah. because, you know, we had, there was time. I had, I focused more on them. Now, I knew what they were doing in school. I put, you know, we were talking serious talk, even as young as they were then, seven year old and five year old. Mm. Values, you know, the values that you know I grew up with, like God being the center of our lives. And that was mm. now a massive thing for us. That I look now for me, it's just so and I'm grateful that I did that. Mm. And now, mm. even the people I thought, you know, past and career-wise, they've overtaken me, it didn't matter anymore. Yeah. Because everyone's got their mm. own race to, to run. You've got to be on your lane and i thought this is my lane and looking back no regret honestly mm. i really didn't regret anything much now nah. although it was a sacrifice that we had to you know move then and come to a new place to settle and you know time just flies so i just thought oh if i'm here i'm here let me make the best of this situation mm. and that's why i did yeah. oh, wow. Amazing. wow wow Wow. wow yeah. wow <laughs>
0: Pamela I know that you've chosen to like to homeschool um Pamela is also running her own business now you know with three kids and everything and I just you know do you I know it it, it was a choice from the outset but do you have any sense of you know with if I had fewer kids I could do more or you know if I had more support basically that sense of like this there's something that you've had to Lay down, give the kids the life that you currently give them with the homeschooling and living in China and all of that. Or is this fully yourself? This is the this is the best reflection of who you are.
2: Yeah, I mean, I really don't think like I mean, I feel like I'm doing everything that I want to do. So, um, because I'm I'm home with my children, but that's not all I'm doing. I'm also able to, like you said, do my own business and do my freelance writing and you um. Yeah, so, so, so I feel like I have the best of both worlds. And um yeah. yeah. So I'm the type of person if I go to a restaurant, I don't just want like one thing, I want like this and a bit of this and a bit of this and a bit of this. And I and I feel that I have that. Mm. And um so I, I honestly don't think that like maybe I mean maybe it'd be different if like for example that like, I know I've got friends who are like lawyers and I know that if if maybe like they spent like years studying and also like a lot of financial investment went into um, mm. them achieving their um, chosen career path like, you know to turn away from that maybe that would be something but for me like um, my profession was teaching and it's something that I could go back into like any time and you know when the kids leave and go to university then I could just jump right back into that so if I wanted to I probably wouldn't but if I wanted to I could so I I mean yeah I just I don't see it like that it may be like okay if I just ship them off to school then I could work a full-time job and make lots of money but I mean I can if I wanted to I could work a full-time job when they leave I'd like now like like this time like I can work full-time when they leave but I can't raise them later you know because I need to do that now so for me this is like mm. a, a time-sensitive project <laughs> that <laughs> yeah so I don't I don't feel that I'm missing out and I think also like touching on some of what you said I think um because I am able to still do what I want to do then then I don't feel like resentment or anything like that. But so I do think it is important to, I was telling my friend just today, to do things that, keep you me because i'm a wife and i'm a mum, but i'm also pamela you know and there's things that i Uh like to enjoy and i need to make sure that i do them um you know that i'm making time for myself so that because also like my kids are gonna grow up and leave and if like my whole life revolves around them then when they leave it's like oh my gosh who am i you know and and also i think like if if i'm too like um if my identity is wrapped up in like being a mother then um yeah, that's a lot of pressure, you know, on their shoulders, you know, and then I can – I don't want to be in a position where I'm starting to, like, live my life. I've got all these regrets because I, like, sacrificed everything for them and I'm trying to live my life through them or, like, you know, fulfil my dreams through yeah. them. I just – yeah, I just don't want to – let me fulfil my own dreams <laughs> so they can fulfil theirs. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just to add to, to that, when I had um, – When I had my, after I had my daughter, I had, I guess, what would be called depression, like postnatal depression, which I didn't know what it was at the time. I just thought everybody else Mm -hmm. found it easy. And it just, it was completely, I felt completely Mm. out of my depth, completely out of my control. And I just felt like I was in this massive Mm. black void. And I didn't know which way was where, it wasn't until I started speaking to, you know, other mothers, um, that I realized that actually this thing doesn't mm-hmm. come with a map and, you know, you, you have to make mm-hmm. space for yourself, you know, you have to make space for who you are while you're being a mom at the same time. It is not the whole, it's not the whole mm-hmm. core of your identity. You don't suddenly lose yourself just because, you have this blessing in your life, you know. And it's a, and it's a journey for me. It's still a journey. Um, but it's definitely now that I've had a second one, I have a completely different mind. In fact, I feel quite I feel like a bit more abandoned <laughs> basically. Because <laughs> I'm just I'm just less obsessed about the whole thing. And I just kind of leave it, you know, be more yeah. trusting in God as I try to raise both of them, less trusting in my own perfection yeah. or my own um yeah, expectation of myself you know so no it's just yeah so I'm hoping that I'm believing that other people listening to this are the mothers or the soon-to-be mothers fathers will listen to this and just yeah feel reassured that they are they're not alone in the journey of parenting okay so the next thing that um um that I wanted to cover is um what was it I was going to read a section from the poem and get your thoughts on it. There's a section at the end that says a defeat it seems, but our lady knows this, her life she gave willingly for her girls to be queens. On the right side of eternity, this is the victory of the seemingly weak, that the lifeline willingly reigns supreme and on the third day is raised king. And when I wrote that, and even now when I read it, I get chills because obviously there's that, there's a bit of a nod to the Christian faith. But but aside from that, um, you know, that sense of You know whatever sacrifice you Mm. make will pay off right you know at the end of it Mm. there is victory um but i wonder whether that's the right way the more i i I think about it i think that um in a way it also puts pressure on the children Mm. when there's so much has been committed for them i know that for a long time i had a lot of guilt I would feel like, you know, so much had been given for me, you know, so much. I'm aware, and that's just what I'm aware of. I just wonder whether or not the right attitude is to expect some kind of crowning glory Mm -hmm. in being a parent. Vicky, what what do you think? What's your take on, uh, having done your journey, what do you think that, I guess, what's your take on it? Do you think that there should be, there's a a way that your children or children should value, it doesn't have to be a personal Position, but how you know value the sacrifice that,
1: um, All right. for them, um, actually, it's you know, like a confession when we first, first mm. came to the UK, that was in 2002. Anytime they annoy me, <laughs> 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 I just say, Look, I'm here because of you, yeah. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> just to annoy me now, <laughs> I go, you know, I say stuff like that, but but. On the hindsight, mm. you no. Know, after a while, I stopped all that. I was <laughs> I was maybe a kind of like angry a bit or something like yeah. that initially. But after a mm. while, you know, I just knew deep down in me, I know that uh, motherhood is a calling, and this is what God wants me to do—to train, you know, um, children that you know are God 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 fearing. And that's the basis. Mm. Anything I do, since I knew that the Lord, this is what God, this is this children, they're human beings, and God mm. entrusted me with them so that I can train them in His own ways, in the way of the Lord. So mm. that when I know that, and thank goodness it wasn't, you know, it, it, it was um, early in their years. Not I didn't, it, it didn't, I didn't, you know, waste so much time. You know, mm. God didn't let me waste time before realizing that. Mm. So I took that for myself. I I, I show good examples in training them and all that. In the mind that when they see from me, when they learn from me, when they grow up, they can pass that on. They can raise children that will be Mm. godly-like. And I'm so grateful for the man and the woman, young man and young woman that uh, my children have grown up to be. They're godly God fearing. Mm. They know they have their head on their shoulders. Mm. In fact, sometimes I just look at her and I say, wow, is it me? It's not me. It's not even me. It can't be me. <laughs> and I, I raised these, you know, <laughs> children because of the way they you know, turned out. And we've never even had anything major issues with them. So I just thought, God, I'm so mm. blessed to have these children. Nothing of my nothing of oh. my making or anything, but it's just God that's helped me through this. Mm. So in that sense, you know, I'm not expecting anything other than them to be good. You know, I'm not expecting anything. My parent, maybe, you know, my mom maybe was, you know, she she, she was, a, you know, a businesswoman. She, you know, she, in her own capacity, she's, you know, giving us values that have, you know, taken up and I'm passing it on. And that's what I want my children to do. Mm. So to pass those same values back on. And one of my main prayers now, because I can't uh taking me out of my spirituality is not just it is just me you know my one of my prayers now is just mm. like that you know the the generations to come that comes from me will go on with these values that have passed these children mm. that's what I'm expecting that's the only thing I'm expecting any you know, other than that no you know I've, I've left mm. them to choose their own ways to be happy is independent wherever they live, wherever they go, and be responsible, you know, citizens of children or people. That's just my, my and that's how, just yeah. what we, our values in this, in, in the family.
0: Yeah, okay. I mean, I was reading, I was listening to an audiobook yesterday um, called Daring Greatly," I think, by Brené Brown, and she said something towards the end that I thought, okay, okay, this is it. She said, you know, sacrifice means to make holy or to make sacred. So when when a sacrifice is made, it means to make something holy or to make something sacred. That's just a definition. And I just it reminded me of something that actually happened to me. Um, I was working in a, an organization a long time ago, and being treated. I was in a meeting, and I was being treated very negatively. You know. But I remember sitting in the meeting and they were saying all these things about how I had underperformed and basically attributing it to my person. And at some point, I just remember sitting there. It was like an out-of-body experience. And I turned to the guy and I said to him, I don't know why I'm here. Do you know how much has been given for me? But I, I know what has been paid for me. I know my value. you know. And it wasn't about my education or anything, but it was that, I guess... I suddenly realized that if somebody is willing to give so much, mm-hmm. then you are worth something. It's the same, I guess it's the same thing, or, or you can make some like links with, you know, our mm-hmm. faith, like the Christian faith, you know, which is, you know, we get our value in the fact that Christ mm-hmm. died for us. So we are mm-hmm. worth dying for. And I guess, you know, the other, I, the point I'm trying to make is like, on the flip side of, yes, there's the pressure of, Um, As a child, knowing how much has been sacrificed for the positive spin on it, rather, is also knowing that you are worth, somebody feels that you are worth the effort, right? You know, whatever it is that they have laid down for you, you know, and that's, even though that should not be the sort of hallmark of where we get our value and our identity from, it is still something to to hold on to as a positive thing. So it's, I guess, my point is, it's not all negative. Um, Yes, so... Just to kind of round things up, but it's it can for me this is such a close topic to my heart. Um with you know, with where I am in my life. I'm sure all, all the other people listening who are single mothers who have probably been through your journey, auntie, and soon to be moms who are wondering oh, what yeah. their future will look like with children and things like that. My final um question is, you know, what advice what would you say to your daughter or daughters or you know, what advice would you give as women girls craft their identity you know define their own se- sense of themselves and motherhood if your daughter was sitting in front of you now saying you know she wants to yeah. have a baby and what would you how would you help her set her expectations um,
1: if i just come in a bit faster um i'll tell anyone listening now to just uh, there are stages in motherhood there are stages as you go on you know there'll be a stage where probably you've got to be maybe in maybe now right now you are just home maybe looking after children that's a full-time career on its own yeah and don't yeah. envy or look at any other one that's because I was in that you know, because I already had a career and then I had mm-hmm. children and then I continued the career I beat and I had to abandon it and you'll be looking, you know, thinking you've been deprived of something, you are, you are already in a career. Mm. You are training generations. Mm. You are going to be focused because that stage will pass. You move into another stage of your life. Mm. Exactly what happened to me as well. That stage, I look and I, I you know, looking back now, like I said, I'm not, there's no regret. And no one should regret any stage of their motherhood the stage you are in your, in your journey the mother embrace it mm. enjoy it cause the stage goes by so fast yeah. before you know it, it's gone it this place is mm. gone and now they they are, they are not even here i'm sitting in my daughter's room right now oh. <laughs> having this conversation she's not here she's <laughs> far you know she has her own place somewhere far away
2: mm. you know
1: from here she's already there now so enjoy every stage you are and don't envy anyone face yeah. and fo- be focused on your own journey run your race because somehow you know just find joy in what you're doing find joy in in looking after those children it is fulfilling
0: okay well i'm definitely guilty of (laughs) i can't wait for you to be 18 (laughs) so i can't say thank you enough for what you shared so honestly and so openly and so so beautifully I'm definitely I'm blessed by this there's so much for me to reflect on just listening to what both of you have said there's um, a lot of wisdom there and I know for sure that I'm going to be giving myself a lot more grace a lot more and showing a lot more grace to other mothers as well you know because it's easy to be like in in your mind be a bit judgmental Um, so yes a lot of grace so thank you I really appreciate it I thank you for your time And this is just amazing, amazing, amazing. And I can't wait to listen back to all of it and make it beautiful and share it with everyone else. Thank you
2: Thank you you for having us.
0: Thank you. The suitcase. With the home lost and in-laws in the hunt, she packs up her suitcase. Ignoring certainty of being claimed by the sea, her destiny is not to be as an explorer revered, nor will her eulogy be read with the honour it deserves not Columbus or Armstrong, as the history books inspire us, of what a man can be if one takes the leap into the arms of the universe's possibilities. She packs up her girls on the belief that the grass can only be green and the air clean, from the ills of a land where blood spills freely. Saying goodbye to friends who've stood through the years, she's decided this homeland is no place for retirement. She packs up ambitions of love and being loved, heap memories swelling beneath locked hips to high-life music. Now tossed to the heap, along with dreams of empowerment, she's awakened, jolted, jabbed and attacked by the reality that in this land, a woman is not born queen, but a vessel to bring forth sons proclaimed her birth, deity. So she boards a boat to float at sea unknown, surrendering all that's hers, body, mind and soul, to touts demanding too many thousand pounds, The cost of human life, inflated like the rising tide. A risk? No, an opportunity to truly be seen. A whole human being. Nothing missing, nothing broken, complete royalty. But a hero's ending is not to be for our daring protagonist. For like the gods of her ancestors, the sea will take its fee. A lord to be appeased, Poseidon, a sacrifice he seeks. If safe passage is guaranteed, for all who dream of free. A defeat it seems, but Our Lady knows this, her life she gave willingly for her girls to be queens. On the right side of eternity, this is the victory of the week, that the life laid willingly reigns supreme and on the third day is raised king.